Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 67 of Solid Saturday. The guest we have today, Joey Edelman, is an award-winning Olympus visionary photographer, photo educator, and the host of the Talk Chat Photography podcast. His educational mission to help photographers to develop a solid understanding of the hows and whys behind creating great photographs. He takes great pride in sharing his experience to motivate and educate new and experienced photographers all over the world via his popular YouTube channel, Photo Joey Edelman, which boosts over 174k subscribers. His weekly talk chat live stream and photography podcast is viewed or listened to in over 100 countries. Joey has also earned a reputation as a lively and popular presenter at photography conferences and is frequently featured on the major photography news websites and podcasts. Joey's career has spanned five decades, wow, from his start as a newspaper photojournalist to his work today photographing all types of people. His work has been published internationally in magazines like Magzim, Cosmopolitan, Gatefit, and Shape, to name but a few. He has been called upon to complete assignments for both the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times and has serviced commercial advertising clients from all over the United States. Wow, quite interesting and somebody to have which has like, you know, five decades of work experience and uh, seen the evolution evolution of photography field is a great thing i can't wait to hear from him so let's just welcome him and hear more about his career journey how did he find his area of interest and managing to lead that welcome joe very happy to have you on the show and really appreciate all your time and consideration on the sunday afternoon thanks so much for having me alicia it's my pleasure yeah it's like you know i can't wait to hear because i always uh, enjoy being in front of the camera so it's all like you know credit to the uh, behind the camera people as well so it's very <laughs> happy like, you know, very happy to have you as a guest on the solid saturday awesome and uh, we are good to start so we so the first section that we have is about the passion and interest so mm-hmm. how did you find your passion in this particular photography field and uh, what steps did you take to pursue that passion and what motivates you to do it every day in this, like, you know, to be in this field? Well, let me try and give you a very condensed version. Otherwise, I would need a few hours to answer that question. But I started when I was very young. I got my first camera when I was 11 years old. By the time I was a teenager, I think the bug had bit me and I, I was hooked. I mean, I knew that uh, photography was something that I loved. I was fortunate to meet and find some very, very good mentors Uh early in my career that uh, encouraged me and Uh kind of helped me, helped me stay focused on a good start. They saw my potential. And so they were, they were mentors who didn't tell me how to do things. They Uh were mentors that taught me how to think for myself, Uh which in hindsight, I really appreciate. So in my career, I've done a little bit of everything photographically. I started out as a newspaper photographer when I got out of high school. And from there, I wound up moving on in my mid-20s and opened a portrait and wedding studio. And from there, I wound up doing some commercial advertising photography. And I was photographing products and 
food. And then from there, I got into fashion. And it's been probably the last six or seven years now that I've actually been uh, operating a YouTube channel. I have 174,000 subscribers and traveling the country when we're not in a pandemic uh-huh. and teaching, doing workshops, etc. So I like to tell people, I still don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up, but mm-hmm. I know that it will involve a camera. That's, that's the one thing for sure that I'm Oh, wow. that's great actually that is important right to find out at least the one element of it like you know what you want to pursue further so and uh, the way yep. you said that you know you started very early like 11 years old when you were 11 or something so it's great to have such kind getting such kind of mentors as as well right uh, in early yes. age actually that because that will craft your entire career absolutely so thank you so much for sharing that uh, moving sure. to our next section is uh, questions from the audience and I have shot mm-hmm. a couple of questions from you for you actually. So the first question under that segment is, do you really need to edit your photos and how much is the editing effort after taking the photo? So to give you a fair answer, uh-huh. what you have to do is you have to ask yourself one simple question mm-hmm. and that is why did you take the picture? Uh-huh. If you're using a professional camera, uh-huh. if you are wanting, if you're taking the picture with the goal of it being a really nice, uh-huh. really presentable photograph, then yes, you should understand that you should be uh, editing and what they actually call post-processing uh-huh. your image. The reason is every camera on the market today, with the exception of our smartphones, and, and even that's changing, but every camera on the market is designed to shoot what photographers call a raw file. It's, it's basically like a digital version of a negative from the uh-huh. film days. Uh-huh. Raw files, just like negatives, are uh-huh. intended to be developed or edited. Uh-huh. So, you know, the camera is a computer. Uh-huh. I mean, we call them cameras still, but really they're computers that take pictures, which is incredible, uh-huh. but it is not capable of understanding our imagination. So it's not even about what we see because uh-huh. as you know, computers you know, have advanced to the point with artificial intelligence and all the technology we have, they're capable of thinking every bit as good as, if not better than we do in many cases, uh-huh. but they're not capable of understanding our imagination or the way we want to interpret things. So uh-huh. that's where the editing comes in. In terms of how much, uh-huh. You know, it really, again, it depends on, on what you're trying to accomplish. If we're asking that question in the context of, well, um, if I was taking a picture of you, maybe uh-huh. that you wanted to use for your marketing, for your podcast, or for your LinkedIn profile, uh-huh. then it really wouldn't be appropriate to do a lot of editing and kind of change the way you look. And of course, not that we need to. You're beautiful. You would make a great subject. But, you know, we would still want the picture to be a... a a good representation of you. If we were trying to do something that was meant to be artistic Mm -hmm. and creative and conceptual, then really there are no rules. You can Mm -hmm. edit and create as much as you want. For me, one of the things that is very exciting about photography today with digital technology, we are really only limited by our own imagination. Mm -hmm. We can, if we can think of it, we can create it. So mm-hmm. for me, I, I find that to be very exciting. But 
I, I hate to kind of give it a rule. It all comes back to why do you want the picture in the first place? What are you trying to do with that picture? That's really going to give you more of a, I guess I would say a common sense answer in terms of how much should we manipulate it or edit it or change it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. That makes sense. And uh, one more point that you mentioned, it again depends upon where you are using that photo. So that is like an important factor, I guess. And when it Yes, comes- very much. Yeah. Why is... Why is one of those questions that we don't ask enough? Yeah. You know, we, I, I have two, two little grandchildren, uh, one's two and one's six. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, of course, both at that stage where, you know, parents are really sick and tired of hearing why, 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 why. And we discourage people mm-hmm. to ask why. But more often than not, I find that simply asking why, not in a defiant way and not to be annoying, but to have an understanding behind a direction or a rule or a guideline or a task. If we understand the why, it becomes a lot easier to make decisions about how to do it and do it the mm-hmm. best way. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, next sure. question uh, under that segment is, what gear do I need to achieve great photos and how do I know when it is okay to go into the business? Oh, okay, this is really very particular question, I guess. Oh, okay. Really so we're kind of, we're yeah. kind of at two ends of the spectrum there. So um, I, would, I would actually point out one thing, and then I can give you a more specific answer to both questions. If you go into business as a photographer, in all the years that I have worked professionally as a photographer in many different areas of photography, mm-hmm. I have never had a client ask me what kind of camera that I use uh-huh. before they hired me. Maybe they were there when I was shooting and they made just conversationally, but it has never been part of the criteria of did I get the job? They looked at my body of work and my expertise and there is essentially a kind of a trust that's built in. Whatever gear he is using, he's able to get the job done and he delivers the job. Uh-huh. So that being said, I think one of the mistakes that young and new photographers make is they think they have to have the biggest, most expensive gear that's available, they oftentimes go terribly into debt. And then they have this horrible realization that they still can't make any money because they've got all the gear, but, but they don't have the knowledge. They uh-huh. don't, haven't built the skill sets uh-huh. to be able to create images. So it's not the camera that makes the picture, right? Uh-huh. Um, so in terms of what do you need to take great photos, Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, it's going to come back to the why. What are you doing with the photo? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll go back to the phones. Apple iPhones, Google Pixels, the new Samsung phones. They are capable of taking incredible images. Now, I say capable. Notice I didn't say the camera takes great pictures. They're Uh capable in the sense that these companies have built these incredible tools. So if a person takes the time to understand how the tool really works, In most cases, you would probably not use the app that is built into the camera for taking pictures, but you might want to use a slightly more advanced app. Mm -hmm. But with those criteria, you can do amazing things with, you know, a phone. So Mm -hmm. I think the right way to look at gear for the person that asked that question, think of it as a tool. It's no different than, you know, a carpenter has tools that, that, that they build with. Um, and frequently, if you were to go through a, tar- a carpenter's toolbox, mm-hmm. especially 
if they've been in the business for say five or 10 years, you will find a lot of tools that look ancient, mm -hmm. that are worn out. They don't look like they're even the most modern version. And they're probably not the most modern version of that tool. But yet that carpenter uses those tools extremely effectively every single day mm -hmm. for their craft. So at the end of the day, it's not going to be the gear. It's going to be the person and the practice and mm -hmm. the skill set that they develop from that. Mm -hmm. So you can do, I always like to tell people, this sounds kind of mean, but it's being honest. You can't buy a bad camera today. There are no bad cameras. I don't care what brand. Unfortunately, there are a lot of bad photographers. Mm -hmm. yes. And the reason there are bad photographers is that those are the people that unfortunately are not willing to put in the time and the effort and the practice. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. That makes sense, actually. And thank you so much for sharing. And hope that person can manage to get those skills and practice it more to get into the business side as well. So thank you so much. And uh, moving towards our next section is a fun segment where uh, I'm going to give you three words which are more or associated with your profile. And you have okay. to see what comes to your mind immediately. So are you ready? Okay, go for it. It can be like an abstract content, like, you know, uh, a one word replacement, or it can be a short definition also. Okay. So the first word is photography. Is your passion. Photography for me is life. It is, it is my ticket to the world. Uh -huh. Then second word is vision. Because you are... Uh, vision. Yeah, in this field, like such a long time, actually. I tend to associate vision with creativity, mm -hmm. um, the way that I see things or the way that I choose to mm -hmm. see things. Okay. And the third word is business. Business. Mm -hmm. Business is the necessary evil in my world. Wow. Um, business is what allows me to do mm -hmm. what I do. A mistake that a lot of photographers make is they become, you know, just passionate about photography. And then they decide they're going to start a business without really taking the time to learn how to operate a business. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they fail. They think that starting a business as a photographer means that every day you're running around with a camera and you're getting paid. And actually it's the other way around. Uh -huh. If you run your business successfully, you will get paid to go and pick up your camera. That's mm -hmm. actually how it works. So, so I call it the, the necessary evil. Yeah, that's a really, very great one, actually. And it is irrespective of whichever business you are in. So thank you so much for sure. sharing. And it was very quick and you were great at that. So thank you so much. Moving towards our next segment is about exploring your career, work and volunteering. And I was so much confused, frankly speaking, because I don't have the photography experience. But looking into your career journey and having in that area, like almost being in the... like. 47 years in this field, how do you look into the evolution of the photography and what were your challenges in initial days? How did you overcome those and establish yourself as a successful photographer and educator today? Wow. So, I, I mean, I think there, there are a couple things that apply almost honestly to anything that you would ever want to do. Mm -hmm. One of the first challenges that I faced as a teenager when I became really passionate about photography is I didn't have, I didn't have just endless amounts of money to be able to buy the gear that I wanted. Mm 
-hmm. I started out with used camera gear as I was expanding my system. More importantly, I learned how to get the job done with the gear that I had. And, And that's one of the first lessons for anybody interested in photography. And I would argue in any kind of business, uh-huh. Um, all good photographs are the result of problem solving. All successful businesses are businesses that have overcome problems. Uh-huh. So um, in, in my world, even to this day, a lot of what I teach, we, we like to refer to it as DIY. It's the do-it-yourself you know, mentality. Um, certainly, there is so much photography gear that you can just spend and spend and spend, and the gear is beautiful. Uh, we, in the photography world, we call it having gas. Uh-huh. Gas stands for gear acquisition syndrome, <laughs> meaning we like toys. So um, the problem is that's expensive and it certainly doesn't help you if you are running a business from a profit margin. So uh, I try to really encourage, you know, photographers learn how to solve problems, learn to DIY. If you're looking at a piece of gear, you have to be honest with yourself. Do I need it or do I want it? Is it going to have a major impact on my ability to create great images? Or is it maybe only going to help me for one idea that I have? If it's falling into those second categories, then we want to kind of, you know, DIY it in that sense. And then I think the other big thing in terms of, you know, advice to make a long-term career, you have to be willing, and this sounds very cliche, but it's truth. You have to be willing to fail. In fact, I'm at a point in my career now, you know, you mentioned I've been shooting for 47 years. And while on one hand, I'm proud of that and that's great. On the other hand, from a creativity standpoint, it actually makes it more challenging to be creative. Uh I've seen so many things. I've photographed so many things. I've done all this stuff. I, I know what will work, what won't work. So it's actually much harder to think outside the box. Uh and to come up with new things. And for me, Uh it came much later in my life, but it was the realization that I've got to actually embrace the idea of failing. And where many of my coolest ideas come from at this point is picking up something like a roll of aluminum foil in the kitchen Uh and saying to myself, hmm, what if I took this aluminum foil and wrapped it around a model's head and made it like it was some big headpiece? And then what if I threw color light into that aluminum foil? You know, and it, so it's, and indeed, most of these ideas, when I first get in front of the camera, they look horrible, right? So it's, it's a kind of this very loose idea with something that nobody would ever really consider doing because it's not really that logical. Uh-huh. But the challenge then is, solve that problem. Mm-hmm. What, what is a way that I can take this aluminum? Because the problem with aluminum foil, it's very reflective. Mm-hmm. And it looks like aluminum foil. So you don't really want it to look like you wrapped aluminum foil around the model. Mm-hmm. So the challenges are find ways to make it look interesting and create interesting shapes and things like that. So um, I embrace failure pretty much every step of the way. And even with you know, COVID, um, I had a very busy calendar lined up last year. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it was a year ago, this coming week that I came back from my last speaking engagement in Florida. Mm -hmm. And then pretty much, you know, the world shut down right after that. So for me, it was like, okay, how am I going to pay my bills? What am I going to do? And since I'm an educator, I immediately thought of, you know, going online 
Mm-hmm. But even with that, I looked at it from the standpoint of every webinar I've ever attended was horrible. All that I had in my mind was this, you know, idea of the person staring down at their laptop screen and, you know, sitting there, okay, well, I want to show you some slides here. Let me get, oh, wait, that's the wrong deck. Let me, let me just switch my screen over. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, like, can't you get, or this should be organized before you get in front of a group of people. So I decided I wanted to find a way to make my presentations as much like being live and in person as possible. Uh-huh. Of course, doing it over a webinar platform or doing it over Zoom. So I spent the first three weeks of the lockdown, mm-hmm. you know, not only researching ways to deliver it between webinar platforms and Zoom, but also working through new software, putting together a dedicated space to be able to do it so that I could do my presentations. Mm-hmm. I scripted my presentations so they're on a teleprompter so that I can present them mm-hmm. and make them really, really engaging. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a very good year financially last year, but it was that, you know, embrace the change and solve problems. Yeah. Because you are such a, you know, you have completely seen the evolution of the photography region, I feel, because you started early and you are there almost like a five decade. So it's like a great how somebody who has that vast experience on, you know, the, the experience definitely helps. I mean, I've seen a lot of the evolution and I, I like to consider myself one of the youngest, older photographers. Uh-huh. I'm uh, unlike a lot of people in my generation. I don't look backwards and think, oh, I miss that. It was so great. I look backwards and I think I'm so grateful I had that experience. Uh-huh. But I love the new technology. I love the fact that cameras do so much work because that frees me up to be more creative and to think about other things. I'm excited about what technology they're going to give us tomorrow or a year from now. I think it's wonderful. And, and I enjoy the learning challenge. I mean, I've, I've kind of always had this mentality that the day that I'm not interested in learning anymore uh-huh. is the day that I should walk away from it because that means I'm going to become irrelevant very quickly. And it also probably says that I'm bored with it at that point. Wow. This is great. Actually, that uh, the important point that you you didn't hear that, you know, if you are not learning anything, definitely you have to find out, you know, what is going wrong in that particular career journey. So thank you so much. And uh, just to summarize in next segment, what is the typical, like, you know, any tips or advice would you like to give to the students or the professionals who are looking to get into this area or grow into this area and looking this as their long-term career option? Uh, You already mentioned actually in the earlier segment, but just to summarize, what would you like to say at one point? Well, I think if we're we're speaking just in terms of of being a photographer, Uh um, you know, number one is understand your why. Why did you pick up a camera in the first place? Uh-huh. And, and the reason why that is actually so important and I keep going back to it. I, I sometimes joke that professional photographers are not very smart. Mm. And what I, what I mean, and I raise my hand when I say that, but what I mean by that is I've never met a photographer anywhere ever that purchased their very first camera with the idea of making money. They purchased that camera because they were interested in taking pictures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the bug caught them and, and they, you know, the passion kind of dug in. And then at some point they got this crazy idea. Wow. Well, what if I could make money with this thing? Right. And the problem is when you do that, the rules change because now it's not about you. It's about your client. Right. So, you know, I think that 
a mistake photographers do make is when they make that transition to say, hey, I want to make money. Instead of remembering what it is they like about photography and what they like to photograph, they'll look around and say, well, you know what? It looks like those wedding photographers, they're making the most money. So I think I'll go shoot weddings. Problem is up until that point, they may have been shooting landscapes. Uh They go and they start shooting weddings and they're never really passionate Uh about shooting weddings. They're not really enjoying the process. And as a result, their work suffers. It feels more like work. Uh And so they ultimately wind up, you know, failing. Uh Um, So if you remember the why, you stick with your passion. I, what I look at, I'm not the greatest photographer in the world and I never will be, but I consider myself blessed. And my success is for 47 years, I've been able to pay my bills with a camera. Uh So I, I don't feel like I've ever really kind of had a job, so to speak. I work like crazy, but it's, it's passion. It's what I enjoy. Uh-huh. So I, I, I would encourage anybody, if you are grounded in that, yeah, you're going to have your bad days. Yeah, you're going to have your good days. But most of the days you get up in the morning and you, you can't wait to get going because you're doing things that you enjoy. You're doing things that motivate you. It mm-hmm. just makes it so much easier. Thank you so much. And this is lot very welcome. Lot These are great questions. Thank you. Yeah. So this is a lot more to learn actually and very specific points that you highlighted like, you know, how you look into the money aspect, how would you like to look into your success aspect. Those are important points along the career journey because definitely uh, you have to earn money uh, at the end because uh, you can't just, you know, follow your passion, which is not giving you any returns. So thank you so much. And uh, we are moving towards the closure of this episode and we have the last section, which is about the leadership. So the way you're mm-hmm. talking, you're definitely and truly leading your area of interest. So what is your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why? Gosh. Um, so I, I was kind of a reluctant leader, shall we say. Um, it was probably eight years ago now. I had a fellow photographer reach out to me and say, hey, I'm putting together a weekend kind of event for photographers and I'm bringing in some various photographers and you have to come and do a program about beauty photography. Mm-hmm. And literally my thought was, why me? Like who's going to want to listen to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he would not take no for an answer. He insisted, you have to go. And so I went and did this. I did two presentations that weekend I felt horribly uncomfortable. I felt very awkward doing them, but I got great feedback. And so that kind of piqued my interest. And this was also a time where YouTube was becoming a thing, you know? And so I thought, well, let's go dabble in this YouTube thing and see what happens. So I made a couple of videos. They're horrible, but I made them. And, you know, compared to kind of my presentation style now, they were very formal, Mm -hmm. just, they were horrible, but they got a great response because the information was good and it kind of came from the right place. And so that piqued my interest a little bit more and full disclosure, I am married to a college professor. She's a a cognitive psychologist. Uh So, you know, I've learned a lot about learning and teaching through her, but you know, at that point, I started to kind of be a little bit more open-minded to it. Mm-hmm. And really the big thing was 
just diving in, which mm -hmm. I did. Once I, once I kind of got past those first couple of videos, I said, you know what? Let's just go for this and, and see, what it, see what it's all about. So I started to kind of put out some feelers for some of the big photography events to be mm -hmm. a speaker. I started making more YouTube videos. And again, I am I'm an eternal learner. So wow. each step of the way, I would look at it from the standpoint of what can I improve? What can I do better? What's going to make it better? I, I'm a big believer in research what you're doing, especially the things that you don't know specifically, but mm -hmm. I'm not a believer in waiting until you've done all the research and waiting until you have all the knowledge and waiting yeah. until you think you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because the fact of the matter is as humans, and, and this is some of what my wife teaches me from her research. Mm -hmm. You know, as humans, we are experiential learners. So we can read every book on the subject. We can watch every video on the subject and we can actually overlearn the subject mm -hmm. to the point that we can't do it. So I find it much more valuable, try it. Mm -hmm. And then come back and look at what went well, look at what didn't go well and those things that didn't go well, now I can go research those things to see what are some ideas to make those things better. As opposed to, and I am a perfectionist. I want to be really clear, folks. I'm a perfectionist, but I learned very young. You have to manage that mm -hmm. because number one, you're never going to achieve perfection. You're just not. So it's not that you give up on it. I think being a perfectionist is a great value set, mm -hmm. but you can't let that become a detriment where it makes you afraid to try. Mm -hmm. You know, so I use it kind of as a, as a motivator. I always want to do good work. I always want to be seen as somebody that's really giving it, you know, a thousand percent. But I know I'm going to get it wrong sometimes. And I still do. I mean, still to this day, I, I am sponsored by the camera company, Olympus. So when we're not in a pandemic, I will go to trade shows for them and get up on a stage in front of three or 400 people. And I purposely structure my presentation so that I'm doing things that are not going to work the first time. Mm -hmm. In other words, I'm going to create a problem on stage in front of these 400 people, but then we're going to work through it and solve the problem because I want them to see, number one, nobody's that perfect, mm -hmm. right? That, that, you know, every time you press the button, oh, it's this amazing picture. So I get on stage and I show them that, look, even photographers that know what they're doing, if you've got this really good idea, you've got a problem to solve, so let's solve it together. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing for me to kind of get to the point where, where people are going to follow you and you're going to have influence. Mm -hmm. and I think this applies in any industry. Mm -hmm. You, you one have to have the experience. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people today. Uh, we have kind of this whole coaching industry that exists. There are some excellent coaches. Mm -hmm. And then there are people that have paid several thousand dollars or more for, you know, a, a six week program. And now they're a coach. Um, where I come from, that doesn't make a person an expert. Uh -huh. So I, I think that even if you are that person that spent that money and did the six-week program, the key is uh -huh. always teach from your heart and teach from what you know, not what you read, not what you learned, but what you've experienced. And if you do that, you can always provide value. And that's really the thing. It's like if you're going to be a leader, people will follow you regardless uh -huh. of your business, regardless of what you do, if you are actually providing value. If you're just standing up on a soapbox and claiming to know everything and spouting off a bunch of cool keywords and buzz phrases, yeah, you'll get people's attention for five minutes, but they're also going to leave you very quickly. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not going to hang around. So it really comes down to actually being able to make a difference for people. And that's actually where my mission statement came from. My mission statement is helping photographers understand the hows and whys 
behind making consistently good photographs. Instead of telling them you have to do this or you have to do that, mm-hmm. it's more a matter of a photographer says, hey, I'm, how do I do this? <laughs> I'm going to ask them five questions back uh-huh. to teach them how to think through the solution uh-huh. and then help them with the final piece. But I'm not just going to say, yeah, do this, because that's making a big assumption that number one, they understand it. Uh-huh. And number two, that they have the experience. So mm-hmm. it's got to come from the heart. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. And uh, really? you gave like a lot of keywords actually for the youngsters to understand, you know, yeah. how you can look into the things. My yeah. pleasure. I'm really happy to have you and somebody that is, you are like a first person on the photography section actually. So really happy to have you and get somebody yes, thank you so much. vast and diverse experience in the photography. So really appreciate all your time and uh, hope once the episode is out, you will enjoy it as well. So thank you. Uh, It has been my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Stay safe. Bye for now. (laughs) Bye now. Before we close, I'm going to read a quote for this particular episode, uh, which is from Vince Lombardi. Perfection is not attainable, but If we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. Wow, that is a great one. And on that quote, we are closing this episode. See you guys in the next episode. Until we meet, happy leading. Let's lead together. Stay safe. Bye for now.